I can confirm the field was painted and the stage was set. On Sunday afternoon, Florida State announced Mike Norvell as the Seminoles' new head coach. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm Josh Newberg, and today I'm joined with Chris Nee and Brendan Sinone, and we're going to add our intern, Zach Blostein, shortly. Um, with our powers combined, we form Knowles 24-7. This is our first podcast since the Norvell hire, and I wanted to host this one um, because Chris, Brendan, and Zach, you guys did a phenomenal job of covering uh, everything yesterday from the, from the ground. I really enjoyed what you guys did. I was glued to it all day, the videos, the stories, the message board updates. Um, I was here holding down the fort in St. Pete, but you guys made me feel like I was there. So there's a lot to talk about, and let's get right into it. Mike Norvell is the new head coach. Chris Nee, um, give me your thoughts, just generally speaking, on the search and the hire. Well, it was about a 35-day search, obviously a lot of ups and downs, some weird twists and turns. But the truth is, after the initial target of Bob Stoops was off the board, which was around the time of the Democrat report on that Friday, three weeks ago now, roughly, that kind of ended that portion of the search. And the remainder of the search was really going to be on the back end because people were coaching games. In Mike Norvell's case, he was coaching a conference championship game. His team, Memphis, won the AAC championship on Saturday, beating Cincinnati at Memphis. They earned the right to host it at Memphis, having beat Cincinnati earlier in AAC play, I think about eight days prior Take to that, that Luke game. Fickle. So um, they host that game. They play that game. They win that game. They win a conference championship. Great season for Memphis. Caps off one of the best seasons in program history. Caps off a really good four-year stretch under Mike Norvell. He had the baton handed to him somewhat by Justin Fuente. He took it. He ran with it. He finished the race really well. Norvell meets with Memphis on Sunday morning. His players, coaches, people of that sort within the building Thanks him, explains his decision, hops on a plane, flies to Tallahassee, gets off a plane at 11.24 a.m. at Millionaire Airport. Finally, I'm standing there and somebody actually got off the plane. <laughs> um, he, you know, him, his wife, his daughter, who, by the way, his daughter was a champion yesterday on a long day. She did a great job, young little girl. Someone who has two little kids, I understand how difficult that can be. Had to had to walk through the line of uh, marching chiefs blaring yeah. music and she went was, to the basketball game. Yeah. I mean, she was a champ. Kudos. But uh, yeah, he gets off the plane. There's several people with him. I'd say it was about 12 to 15 total. Some of the powers that be that you would expect to be involved in such a decision. Up into a couple Escalades, head to campus. You know, make it into the Moore Center, hit the field, go between the Chiefs, walk to the far end, go up to the Champions Club. Noon, about really 1230-ish press conference, 35, 40 minutes of a press conference. Norvell owned it on the stage. Also heard from Thrasher and Coburn. Others like Ed Burr were present. Um, DeVoe Moore was someone who I noticed there. Several former players, Joe Camps, uh, Peter Bolwer, Corey Simon, several others, just to name a few that were there. Real good setting, real good day. I thought everybody that spoke did a good job. Uh President Thrasher certainly looked tired. I'm sure a five-week search for a man of his age was not the most enjoyable experience he's had in his life. And, David, a, and a thorough search, too. Yes. For related, we've heard they talked to upwards of 30 people for this. Yeah, and I know they, those are all interviews. But. They, uh, when they truly sat down with somebody, they sat down for no less than two hours, according to what John Thrasher said. He said most went longer than two hours. He said Norvell, for example, the first time they spoke, they spoke primarily on two occasions. The first time they spoke, he said it was about a four-hour talk, and he's like, for a football coach, that's an immense amount of time, which is true. We always know they're in a rush. They always have something to do. But he said it was very impressive. And the second time they sat down, Ed Burr was a part of that. 
time as compared to the first time when he was not. I believe the first one, yeah, sorry, first time was Coburn, Thrasher, maybe a select few others. Um, but no, yesterday was good. Uh, you know, Norvell was go go go. He did press conference, a little meet and greet, shaking hands, kissing babies, not literally like Lane Kiffin, who I hope got his burner phone. Um, <laughs> He left there, went and changed into a nice garnet and gold polo, went to the basketball arena, stepped on the court, dropped out a two-minute comment, set that crowd on fire, did a good job, left there. And from what we understand, he was burning up the phones with the staff last night, hitting up mostly the commitment, some of the recruiting targets as well, just communicating with him, introducing himself, speaking to him about the plans for the next week because it's go, go, go for recruiting over the next week as they prepare for the early signing period trying to salvage what they have and possibly bring in some more and also set up a last big visit weekend. Good rundown. That was um, <laughs> Water, water's down there. Take, yeah, Brendan, take James Thrasher kind of gave us some insight into the search and, and yeah, he made it clear. It was very thorough. What did you think of his comments? Uh, he, he made a very strong point that Mike Norvell was the only offer that he extended during I, the search. I, I think that's a matter of semantics uh, define an offer, I guess, right? Like what was this an offer in writing uh, where there was a, a contract or a signature to be put down? Which I believe he did. Yes. Which, I believe yeah. that the only contract that they extended in, yeah. in formalities was this one, but yeah, that, that's how it works. And I always try to explain this on the message boards and it's kind of hard to understand, but it's like, you never extend a paper offer unless you know that coach is accepting it. Like it's already been verbally agreed upon and then the offer goes out. So it isn't rare for a coach, for, for a president to be able to say that, but I agree with you. I think there was, I think there was some semantics involved there, but nonetheless, um, what did you think of Thrasher kind of pulling the curtain back on the search? I thought it was really important for both him and for athletic director, David Coburn to, be thorough in explaining the process uh, as much as possible. I thought it was funny. Thrasher did have fun with it too, talking about how you know, there, there's crazy media reports, uh, uh, social media, especially they both talked about how you have to kind of have a sense of humor for, for some of that. Uh, but it was important because the optics of this fan base for 30 something days, uh, not everyone may have been a vocal minority, but there were people saying, Oh, they're, they're butchering this. This is a, a cluster, you know what? And, and one thing that we had all said here is, is okay, we've heard some some concern about the way the process is going, and maybe they're aiming too high in some areas. But but for them to talk about how thorough they were, to really talk about how exhaustive the search was, when we hear yeah, that it may have been close to 30 people that they spoke with and, and all the, the traveling they had done, as Chris mm-hmm. noted. They're talking about a, a two-hour interview with, with the first guy. You know, they said that Mike Norvell was the first guy they interviewed. I do believe that. For that to be a two-hour interview, the industry standard, Josh, as you know, isn't usually two hours for an interview. To have that twice, so four hours total, uh, it's showing that they were thorough, uh, that the search firm, the DHR International, uh, what the way they kind of went about the search. Uh, they talked about Glenn uh, – how do you say his name? Sugiyama. Sugiyama. Uh, Glenn Sugiyama talking about putting, putting Mike Norvell on the whiteboard and having several other coaches do that and, and how they can explain football and tactics and – and their operations uh, to guys who aren't, you know, football-minded you know, human beings that, that are you know, obviously fans, but but not X and O gurus. Uh, so I thought it was really impressive, Josh, that the way that that they packaged uh, to show how this all went in hindsight. Uh, there's far less of a vibe to me today of people thinking that FSU butchered this, right? I don't think we're feeling that way today. Now, obviously, we'll see how this is all 
in, interpreted and in, in how it all comes out in the next uh, year, few years with how Mike Norvell does. But, but as of right now, this ends up looking at the end of it much more buttoned up and much more cohesive uh, based on, on some of the, the peek behind the curtain that, that John Thrasher and David Go- Coburn uh, gave us yesterday. The thing, yeah, that, I think, I add, thing that I would add is that the 72 hours after the Florida game were really the crucial stretch. Obviously, we know they made some moves there, tried to speak to some people, tried to kind of get a yes or no answer definitively, and that's at the point. You that, know, that by was, Tuesday, they knew the it was James Franklin, uh, Brian Kelly, Matt Campbell – uh, trifactor that we were were told. Yeah, and by Tuesday it was pretty clear it was going to be Norvell. We started writing the pros and the cons of Mike Norvell. Kind of started deep diving on Mike Norvell because we believed that's where the search had landed. We believed that was going to be the hire. Obviously, the delay was waiting for him to play the AAC championship game. Or I'm sorry, coach the AAC championship game. Um, the biggest thing I took away, I spoke to John Thrasher more so than David Coburn after the press conference yesterday. The biggest thing I took away is that. They wanted to do this search very differently than they did the last. I think they felt like, in retrospect, in you know the rearview mirror of it all, 2020 hindsight, they rushed when they hired Willie Taggart. And it's not a matter of they wouldn't have landed on Taggart and that that wouldn't have been the hire. It's just that they fell so deeply in love at the word go on that one that they didn't maybe do everything they should have. I asked John Thrasher kind of when did Mike Norvell land on your radar, and he said, well, truthfully, mm-hmm. he was on our radar two years ago, but we probably didn't do enough then to look at him. And he had a couple other comments pertaining to the search for Taggart and the hiring of Taggart that lent themselves to this time. It was a more patient, in-depth approach and truly, you know, sit down and don't go in with a preconceived notion of who you're hiring. And one other thing to add to Josh, uh, before we move on to the next topic, I asked David Coburn about, I guess, what surprised him during this process. And mm-hmm. a paraphrase in here, he uh, he said something along the lines of, of the players involved, how intricate this was. And by that, he meant the coaches they spoke with, the agents they spoke with, uh, all those dynamics to them, to, to him. And this is a guy who's you know spent a lot of his career dealing in, in politics. It, it was interesting to him how involved and and how convoluted this whole process could be, which is uh, I think why you know the hundred thousand dollars for DHR International probably helped them out immensely. And they made a, a point of of saying how helpful that investment was for them several times yesterday. I thought that was an important um, – I think that was an important statement to include thanking the to, – to kind of pull back the curtain on the search a little bit. I think FSU fans and boosters needed that. They needed to know and they needed to hear that this was a thorough search. Um, I think that eased a lot of concerns. Had they, had they not known the work and the time that, and the effort that was put into – hire Mike Norvell, get to know Mike Norvell and learn about him. I, they needed that. So that was important. Um, another, another interesting trend that we saw was the outpouring of love from Memphis fans, players, alumni, administrators. Um, Brendan, do you remember what the reaction was when Willie Taggart left Oregon? <laughs> uh, it was not anywhere near the same. And, and, it's an interesting point, Josh, and it's something I started thinking about last night. I had uh, a friend who, who's higher up in, in business, and uh, he had once told me – he's a little bit older than me. He had once told me that the way you leave says everything someone needs to know about you. The way you exit anything in life, a relationship, a workplace dynamic, the way you exit says everything. And that got me thinking, 
about Mike Norvell and the way that that he exited and the way that he exited uh, Memphis compared to one how Willie Taggart left Oregon and two even thinking about how Jimbo Fisher left Florida State. Uh, mm-hmm. There were bad feelings with Jimbo Fisher and Florida State, really bad feelings where FSU was taking shots at him. He was taking shots at Florida State. It got ugly. Uh, Willie Taggart, I think the biggest thing that that made me not feel so great when, when he came to Florida State was that he was negotiating on a tarmac with a plane that either Oregon Boosters or Oregon, I, I forget which, uh, provided to him for a recruiting trip. Uh, my understanding was that pissed off Phil Knight royally. Uh, and it was probably not the classiest right. way to go about doing things. So, so with all that context there, the way Mike Norvell did this, uh, he has his first interview with Florida State during his bye week, which so he's not using company time necessarily. That's nice to hear. But then, two, the fact that he was able to kind of control the message to coach through the AAC championship game. Uh, and we understood that he got like a, like a standing ovation from players when he left uh, the Memphis locker room on Sunday morning because he was able to basically go out on his own terms in a way where he was able to inform them in person. I know the reports came out Saturday night, but but he was able to address that with them in his own way. Uh, and then you see the way that Memphis responded to it, media members uh, singing his praises in, vol- in multiple venues, uh, and and then for Memphis to go ahead and put out a graphic thanking him. Just, just I think that tells you everything you need to know about someone's character, or at least it says a lot about him. Uh, yeah. It makes you feel better about him. Yeah, and his introductory press conference includes him gushing out love for not only the people he worked with and the team he coached, but the city that he was part of and what that city gave him and what they became and that he felt like he poured it into that city and they gave it right back. And the thing that I came away with is you, you change jobs. There's going to be some naturally, almost always, there's going to be something negative written about you. It just happens. Either a calmness is going to take their shot or something's going to happen. But the person at the center of the narrative can control the narrative the most and I don't think from a textbook standpoint it can be done any better than Mike Norvell did at controlling that narrative of what Memphis meant to him, what it was for him, the fact that, yes, it was a job that he left for what would be perceived in quotations a better job. But he appreciated the fact that that platform allowed him to do that. And he also was appreciative of everything he did at that platform. It wasn't that, oh, I'm just moving up. My life's a lot better. It was I'm here because of everything along the journey. And Memphis was a crucial, integral, huge piece of that because they took the chance on him. And I think that was conveyed in a great manner by him yesterday. Yeah, uh, he did a great job. Day one, it's only day one, but I think day one went about as well as it could have for Florida State's new Head coach, um, a bit of news out there just prior to us jumping on the podcast, but it looks like Mike Norvell has made a statement that Odell Hagens will remain on staff. Uh, Brendan, what do we got on that and where did it come from? Uh, well, it came from a couple places. Uh, initially yesterday, David Coburn said that Odell Hagens isn't going anywhere, that he'd mm-hmm. be part of Florida State. Now that is a little open-ended. Does it mean on the football staff? Does it mean moving to something with athletics. I, I think you could kind of try to piece together some or piece together some of the puzzle pieces there. John Thrasher essentially said the same thing that as long as he wants to be here, he has a he role has here and whatever he wants it to be. Uh, but then on, on the ACC networks as a uh, Packer, Packer, and Dur- Durham. Packer and Durham this morning, uh, Mike Norvell was on there and, and he said that Odell Hagan's paraphrasing here. will will have a spot as a full-time staff member at Florida state uh, quote unquote, full-time staffer, I think is what he said. So, uh, what exactly that role is on FSU's football staff, uh, we're still not sure. 
but the fact that it's full time leads us to believe it'll be a position coach right now. I think that's a safe assumption. You know, people started just stirring up, it's just indicative of this whole process. Rumors that he was retiring just because there are several decommitments on the defensive line. Uh, the, the truth is that Odell Higgins was told a couple days before that he was still in contention to be the head coach, possibly, uh, from from what we could gather. So to think that he was still possibly in the mix for that and then goes from retiring a couple days later uh, before an announcement's even made to me was, was ridiculous. So uh, it sounds like Odell will be on staff full time. I would assume as a defensive line coach right now, we don't know that for sure, but the people who want to do a complete clean slate of FSU and said, Oh, we need to do it, just blow up everything. I thought it was a little bit of a knee jerk from the Florida game. Odell Higgins has a lot of value. Obviously he's a good recruiter, a great coach, a great ambassador for Florida state. Uh, I don't think you have to retain everyone. I don't think you're going to retain most of the coaches on staff. If there's anyone, though, to retain, I think Odell Higgins makes the most sense. I'm happy that he's going to be here next year. Yeah, you always want to bridge, but I also caution that you don't want to retain too much just to retain. Right, if you right. think that you need to go hire this person for this position, and currently this person is here in this position, there's some push to keep them, you should do what you want to do. It's your staff. It's the guys you're going to go to war with. That if you win, you're going to get the praise with it. And if you lose, you're probably going to have to fire some of them before you get fired. So do what you have to do to build a staff. But at the end of the day, out of everybody that's on FSU staff, if you're keeping one, Odell Higgins is man that you keep. Oh. What do you guys think? I know they everybody who spoke at the mic gushed about Odell Higgins yesterday. But what do you guys think? Do you think this was initiated by the administration? Do you think Mike Norvell – truly recognizes Odell Higgins and his importance. Like, how do you think all this well, came about? Yes. Yeah. Nor I'd agree with both. I agreed that it's a little bit about Norvell invoking the null way in his speech <laughs> is completely a hat tip yep. to Odell Higgins. I heard that. I, heard I, I think that too. I think Mike Norvell, what came I didn't know much about Mike Norvell beyond knowing he could coach football, watching Memphis play football the last couple of years, knowing what he did at Arizona state. That's what I knew mm-hmm. of Mike Norvell before yesterday. What I took away from the press conference He's an intelligent person who kind of understands how to read a room and how to read people and the people he deals with. And it didn't come off in a carn artist kind of way. It came off in a genuine, you need to give the hat tips. He brought up former players, and then when he walked his ass off that stage, you know who he spent the most time with in that room before he left that room? Florida former State. players. Former player. yep. To me, that was the best moment of yesterday was he didn't just say hi to them and shake their hands. They were speaking to him. He was listening. To me, that mm-hmm. shows a guy that kind of gets what you need to get to, you know, have some good foundational pieces to what you're trying to do here. He understands the issues that FSU had. He was baited yesterday into saying it would be a turnaround quick, and he didn't do that. But there were a lot of invoking of tradition, standard, things of that sort. I think he has a clear understanding of those things. I think that Odell Hagens is sort of the personification of that, so he understands that that somewhat comes with the furniture. Okay. Let's move on to what we're hearing on potential staff. Brandon wrote a story and we'll get to that in a minute, but um, Brandon wrote a story about potential fits at, at, at Florida state. Now that Norvell's taken over, um, you guys can go read that. It's been on the front page of the site for a while. I'm hearing a couple things. Um, I think the most likely coach to come is the strength and conditioning coach, Josh storms. Um, follow the hearing, follows. Yeah. Oh, Oh, is this, uh, this is one of the follows. So you told me last night, Josh storms followed 
Florida Jefferson State football's account, I believe so. Uh, Zach told us that it was the Florida State football account, I think. That's very important. I want to do a uh, I want to do a follow the follow story and just keep updating it for the next like two weeks. I thought you were gonna do it. I want to do it. I'm all for and it. And there's a lot of stuff. I just got my first haircut in about like yeah 35 days. So there's a, little, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of personal things I got to be tended to. You should see all the leaves in the man's yard. <laughs> I showed you that in confidence. <laughs> All right. I, I've been being told from people that know this uh, situation from the get-go that Josh Storms and Mike Norvell are kind of 1A and 1B. Um, I think the two are, are tied together, and I expect Storms to be at Florida State at some point. I have no idea on the timetable. Um, I've got some sources over at Memphis, and I was checking as early as this morning, and there's still no – no word back from Mike Norville on whether on whether or not he's taking anybody, who he's taking, any of that stuff. The Wait, real, real quick, Josh, I'm sorry to interrupt. You said Norville. I know there's been questions, people asking if it's Norvell or Norville. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I got clarification from FSU Sports Info today. It is Norvell, like Carvel cake, yeah. like Norvell. Yeah. I, I think I've said Norvell more than I've said Norville. So <laughs> ice cream cake. <laughs> I, I I think and John Thrasher yesterday kind of went back and forth between Norville and Norvell. But just for clarity, for our listeners, we will try our best to say Norvell. Give them hell, Norvell. <laughs> Norvell. Stop, Norvell. stop, stop. I will throw you through that window like I'm Charles Barkley and you're a midget. <laughs> you there, Josh? Yeah, I was just going to let you guys go. This is good. Um, it's much no, better than you talking about Josh Storms and him telling dudes to do push-ups. But – I think Storms will be here um, next on the list of most likelies. Um, I've been here in Pete Lembo for a while, and he's the special teams coordinator. If you watched the press conference yesterday, you saw Mike Norvell nearly tear up when he talked about his family, when he talked about former players, and I think he welled up when he talked about special teams. There, there, was, a, there was an older booster near me yesterday, Josh, that uh, – that goes amen when he uh, when he started talking about special teams. It felt like it felt like a sermon we were hearing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought that was a good anecdote. Yeah, no. Um, all right, so Pete Lambo, I think he's going to come. He's he's been all over. He's been a DC at some places. Uh, I, I've known a Pete Lambo. Um, I knew a coach who was with him. He's head coach, right? Yeah, yeah, he's head coach. Elon and Ball State, and then he went to Maryland from Ball State, if I recall correctly. Um, I want to say that was around 2016. He was there 16 and 17. I think after that is when he ended up in at Memphis. Mm-hmm. He was at Memphis this year, correct? I or, think the last two years. Uh, so real quick for those of us who like special I'm teams. I'm sorry. He was at Rice in 2018. Yeah, so, so, yes, is, it was just this past year. All right. So this is the Bob Ferranti special. Are you ready for this? Memphis's special teams under Mike Norvell. 2016 in the S&P Plus ranked first nationally. First. 2017, 41st. 2018, 39th, and then 2019 under Pete Lambeau, third nationally. Now, comparatively, the last two years for Florida State in the S&P Plus, uh, 97th this year, 96th last year. There you go. So I think he's going to join the staff at some point, and then all eyes turn to Ryan Silverfield, Memphis's run game coordinator, offensive line coach, and currently the interim head coach. So it's going to get a little sticky there, but mostly we need to watch for whether or not he gets the head coaching job at Memphis. Um, Ryan Silverfield's definitely in the mix. They're also talking about Barry Odom. 
we could know something by midweek, maybe by the end of the week on whether or not Silverfield gets the job. I think if he does not get the job, there's a very good chance that he comes to Florida State. Obviously, that would put an end to Randy Clement's tenure at FSU. Um, but there's a lot of moving pieces there, and we don't have any finality on that just yet. So I think those are the things that we're hearing. Um, but Brendan, you also you, you wrote a story. Tell the people about that and, and why you included the names that you did. Well, p- the, the real logic for putting this out, the story, Josh, was because Florida State's, uh, well, one, we're expecting a lot of turnover on staff, right? I don't think any of the, the Willie Taggart guys uh, are going to be coming back. Uh, so I'm not assuming that Dante Pimpleton, uh, Raymond Woody, uh, I don't think Telly Lockett. Like I, so I think there's going to be a lot of uh, open spots. I think we're going to see basically an overhaul. We know Odell Hagan's is staying. Uh, we'll see what some of the other guys uh Maybe Ron Dugan stays, but and this isn't there. anything out of the ordinary. I mean, right, remember all- Odell Hagens was the lone hangover from from Jimbo staff to Willie staff, so um, it's not like you normally see really more than one, uh, one right. or two at the most usually. So, and, and and a lot of times they come in and clean house one hundred percent. Right. So the fact there's even one and maybe discussing, you know, two or something like that is is interesting. But but so I, I say all that just to set the table that I put out ten names. Just names to keep an eye on because we are expecting to be there to be significant turnover. Uh, and so, some of the names: yeah, Ryan Silverfield was someone that I mentioned. You guys touched on him already. Uh, I think if he doesn't become the head coach, he would be a really, really great addition. Thought of very, very highly in the industry as an offensive line coach. Would be a slam dunk for Florida State. Adam Fuller, the Memphis defensive coordinator. You know, he's only been with uh, he's only been with Norvell for one season. Uh, did a really nice job at Marshall in 2018. Came here in 2019, or came to Memphis in 2019, and, and did a nice job. That's typically a defense that is in. Uh, sorry, I, I can't turn off the volume right now. <laughs> uh, and, and Memphis's defense typically is in the 60s nationally in the AAC. You know that that's kind of par for the course. It's like the mini Big 12 in terms of the whole lot of defense not being played there. But but Memphis's defense this year was top 30. Uh, and so made huge jumps under Fuller, a very aggressive play caller. If that's someone who uh, who he thinks is Florida State quality, like I think that would be an interesting combination of the way he calls defenses to kind of mesh with Mike Norvell's offense. Kevin Johns is the current quarterback coach at Memphis. Uh, again, he's someone an offensive coordinator. He's someone who hasn't spent a ton of time with Norvell, only one season, but he was at Texas uh, Texas Tech the year before. Western Michigan play caller for a few years as well. More of an air raid kind of, uh, kind of an, a background, but he's someone else who has a, a, uh, who, who's texting me right now. I think it's Zach. Oh, anyways, Dan Lanning uh, is another big name. The Georgia defensive coordinator. Uh, that would be a big, big pull for Florida state, but Lanning isn't getting paid a, a ton of money. I think $750,000. So we've seen that Florida state's willing to pay, for coordinators, if it can get up to a million or more, uh, perhaps that's enough to entice him to come back. And mm-hmm. and he's a, a one uh, calling one of the best defenses in the country uh, last year, or sorry, last week we talked about Dan Lanning and and wrongfully said that this was Kirby Smart's defense at Georgia. That was his baby. They sure duties. Dan Lanning does have a pretty big hand in play calling there, and obviously uh, is a good recruiter as well. A guy who worked at Memphis's staff a couple years ago. Those are some of the names, some of the bigger names. Uh, but but the point being, and I'll stop rambling here, <laughs> is that is that uh, Mike Norvell has done an excellent job at producing, evaluating, 
assistant coaches. Uh, he had seven this past year move on to other jobs, and uh, and then they end up having ends up replacing it to have the best season in Memphis history. He, he's talented in this aspect. John Thrasher quote from yesterday: His assistant coaching tree. I've learned all these terms now. Is fantastic. He has got people around the country that I believe want to come here. So I feel like in the conversations had between the powers that be at FSU and Mike Norvell, that there has been an understanding that he is going to be able to construct a good, high-powered staff. I also have reason to believe, because of everything I've heard for the last five weeks, that FSU intends to pay for a good, high-powered staff. And one other one other thing, too, is that we've also been led to believe in the last day or so that there's going to be a lot of connections to Norvell's former – from his coaching tree. He's going to, to – uh, keep hitting that aspect of what he does. He's going to go back to what he knows. And I would imagine that most of this staff is going to be with guys who have worked with him in the past. That's it. We heard, we heard some more things when Tiger was hired. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold my breath, but I do think that Norvell is, is a better hire of talent than Willie Taggart was. I think he has deeper connections, more meaningful connections with, coaches outside of his tree as well so that'll give him some more options so um fans want to know though what is the timing of all this and i've kind of addressed it in multiple message board threads so let's just talk about it i wouldn't rule it out that florida state could uh, could officially make a hire and get a coach or two on campus this week um i don't i'm not hearing of anything imminent but it's something that we'll monitor on Knowles 24 7 i think more more than likely the moves are made after the early signing period in between then and when the dead period ends, I don't have it in front of me, but it usually ends around January 7th, January 9th, somewhere in that range. I think so it's I actually, think, I think it's about a week later this year. I think it's closer to almost a midpoint of January this year. It's almost an entire month of dead period okay. from December to mid-January. So I think obviously the goal would be to have the staff put together so they could hit the ground running, but you'd want it done before that because like Chris said, there's almost a month there of dead period. That time is used by new coaching staffs to start installing the spring, um, getting their recruiting board organized. They're, they'll be spending you know, 12 hours in the office each day during that dead period. So you want to get your staff together as soon as possible. But I think a realistic time frame to watch for, for the majority of the staff, would be after early signing period. Um, Anything to add to that, or can we jump to break? Well, real quick, the dead period, just to clarify, it begins on December 16th, which coincides with the early signing period. It ends on January 16th, so it's literally a month to the date. Perfect. All right, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to bring in intern Zach Blostein, and we're going to talk recruiting. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And so 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back on the bench, and we have now got a special guest with us. We have Knowles 24-7 intern Zach Blostein. Um, Zach's been doing a heck of a job for us all weekend helping in this coaching search and also with the fallout from recruiting um zach welcome to on the bench how you doing good man thank you for having me on absolutely it's a pleasure after dealing with brendan but i want to get right to it fsu had two official visitors on campus this weekend they both arrived before florida state even had a head coach um one was three-star quarterback out of texas cade renfro and the other was four-star wide receiver marcus fleming who is from Miami Northwestern and a former Miami commitment. Now you were able to catch up with both of them. Tell me about Renfro and uh, how his visit went. Yeah. So like you said, he came into the weekend kind of not knowing um, who FSU's head coach was going to be. He's kind of largely a browse recruit. um, Whose recruitment that from what I can tell depends on browse being at FSU for now. Um, I mean, this week, Norvell has time to form a relationship if he wants to with Renfro. Um, and Renfro doesn't really have any other options besides UCF or some you know, lower-tier ACC schools that he's looking at. Um, and he doesn't have any plans set in place for next weekend as far as official visits go. So right now, um, you know, if Riles remains at FSU, I think Renfro ends up in this class. But if not, then he might look in a different direction. And tell me about wide receiver Marcus Fleming, the former Miami commitment. He was on campus. Yeah, Marcus Fleming, um, he's not the best interview. He doesn't say too much. Um, But, you know, he's strongly tied to Ron Dugans. When Dugans was at Miami um, as a receivers coach, uh, Fleming committed to him um, in that time. Obviously, Fleming has decommitted uh, from Miami since then. He was up at Florida State for a July camp, um, the Saturday Night Live camp with Willie Taggart. Hasn't been back uh, since, and then he comes on this official. Um, just like Renfro, came in the weekend without knowing who the head coach is going to be. Um, and he left knowing that Norvell was, was the head coach, so... I think if Nor- if they want to land him, Norvell needs to go in home and hit it off strong with him and his family. Because right now, Fleming kind of told me he, he really doesn't know too much about Norvell. Right. 
Um, I think, I think both these guys, it was kind of a weird timing on both of them, but I think it's going to take a whole eval on Norvell's end before he makes a decision on either of them. So, um, yeah, let's put those guys on the back burner. Chris, there was a lot of news on Friday. Uh, Twitter started lighting up one after another. There was a couple decommitments on Friday. Where do we stand with those? Uh, well, there were three. To recap for people, Keyshawn Green, linebacker from McCullough, decommitted from FSU while he was on his official visit to Miami. Mm. Josh Griffiths, defensive end from Bradenton IMG Academy, decommitted from Florida State. He has since committed to Louisville. I reached out to see if he's still intending to come to Florida State this coming weekend for his official visit. Have not yet received a response. Keyshawn Green was also on the docket to come in this coming weekend. I haven't heard back from him. I believe FSU intends to go meet with him and hopefully get him in for a visit this weekend. There's a few other schools. I think Florida was one. Indiana, I believe, was trying. I'm sorry, it wasn't Indiana. It was Nebraska was trying to jump in there. So there's some others trying to get him in for a visit this coming weekend. But Miami's a school really challenging for Keyshawn Green. And then the third decommitment was Mormon Joseph. He actually did it, I believe, on his way to Gainesville for his official visit to Florida. He actually had the Gainesville uh, stamp or whatever, location. Target location. Um, Target. You see how I feel about UF. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But Mormon was at uh, UF, decommitted from FSU. He has said in an interview since that that it's down to Florida and Tennessee with a decision coming later this week. He told Blake Alderman of our Florida site yesterday that he does not intend to visit Florida State officially this coming weekend, as was previously scheduled. We will see if maybe they can get back in there and make it happen, but I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy about that. The Morvin decommitment hurt my hurt my heart. Yeah, Morvin's a guy they needed. It's a position they, they could use talented, good bodies at, and he's a kid that you know they had kind of taken away from Florida earlier in the process, mm-hmm. and now it might circle back, or it may end up being Tennessee. I would not dismiss Tennessee in that recruitment. I think Tennessee thinks they're getting him. I agree. Yeah, so we'll see there. So it looks like you can rule out Griffiths, you can rule out Joseph, and we'll see this weekend if Keyshawn Green makes it in. I think they'll have a shot at re-signing him, um, but it, it's going to be fully dependent on whether or not he makes it in for that official We'll get we'll get back to that. Um, Mike Norvell's on the road. Zach, you had some news last night. Um, who's the first to get to get a visit from Mike Norvell? Yeah, so around two thirty p.m. today, um, Zane Herring, a Florida State offensive lineman commit at Madison County High School, mm-hmm. is going to get a visit from Mike Norvell, which will be his first, you know, on the record visit. Um, and you know, it's at an, it's at a position of need, obviously. And then, um, he's going to make his way over to Duval County in Jacksonville and see Florida state quarterback commit Jeff Sims later on today. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, you learned that last night, you dropped that scoop in the group chat. We all woke up to some, uh, some news that everybody wanted to know when is, Mike Norvell going to go see Jeff Sims. It's going to happen today. We don't have the details yet of exactly where, when, how. Um, we'll get that for you. Check back to Knowles 24-7. Um, I also confirmed yesterday that Malachi Weidman, FSU's prize dual uh, sport commitment, is going to get a visit from Norvell and Ron Dugans on Wednesday. Um, it'd be logical to think that Norvell is going to also visit Thomas Schrader that day since Weidman and Schrader are teammates, but we just haven't confirmed that. But once we do, we'll, we'll get, we'll get it updated. Um, 
We'll have more news on where Norvell is all week. Also, the assistant coaches are out. Now, I'm told that Odell Hagens, at least as of today and probably for a few days, will not be on the road. He's doing bowl game prep because he's going to most likely be the head coach and and lead the way for um, not only the game, but all the practices as well. So he's off the road right now prepping for that. This weekend, we got a big visit weekend upcoming. Zach. What's kind of the purpose of this weekend, and who are some of the notables? Yeah, so I would say the purpose is, you know, try and retain some of the commitments you have, reassure them that Florida State's the place they want to be. Mike Norvell kind of went over that in his press conference yesterday, kind of Mm -hmm. telling these guys that Florida State, you know, the place that they want to play at, you know, it's made for playmakers and stuff like that. So, you know, it's really important for – the whole staff and obviously Norvell to get across the message that, you know, all these guys are wanted in the class. As far as a couple of names that have been confirmed so far, um, some are including uh, tight end commit Carter Boatwright, uh, previously mentioned Zane Herring, linebacker commit Jayon McCluster, offensive lineman Lloyd Willis, and then uh, linebacker Stephen Dix, as well as quarterback Jeff Sims. You know, a couple of these guys haven't haven't confirmed one way or another um, as far as their plans this weekend, so we're just still kind of waiting on some of them to uh, to respond to some of our messages and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah the, ex- the expectation is a lot of commitments this weekend. We'll see if that actually happens as far as mm-hmm. a lot of the commitments that are currently committed to FSU coming in. Um, that was the expectation before the hiring of Mike Norvell. We'll see if any of those commitments are no longer a priority for FSU. If they go a different direction, that's always a possibility. Jeffrey Umba was a guy that was expected in this coming weekend. We'll see if he's going to show. I've sent out messages to him. Um, you know, we're, we're going to learn this week who does Mike Norvell value and who is he not interested in having part of his program as he launches it off here and who might become a new target. We saw him offer somebody today. Uh, Donovan Kaufman, Vanderbilt commitment from Louisiana, picked up an offer from Florida State. To our knowledge, that's the first offer extended by Mike Norvell at Florida State. Good stuff. Um, we'll we'll have more on recruiting. You guys follow us on Knowles 24-7. It's going to be busy. We're getting calls and texts and everything as, as we record this. So we'll have more news throughout the day on recruiting. Um, Zach, you can hang out if you want. We're going to wrap this thing up. I wanted to talk a little bit about behind the scenes of the search. Um, you know, I, I don't want to rehash too much, but people did kind of want to know more about the way we handled things or kind of things we we're hearing. So I guess if it goes all the way back to uh, November 3rd when Willie Tiger got fired. To come full circle 35 days, we heard a lot. <laughs> we heard a lot. Um, Chris, you you, you kind of set the table and, and set it right. The Bob Stoops stuff wasn't complete BS, but it also wasn't there the entire time. Um, when did the, the Bob Stoops storyline truly come to an end? I mean, the day that the Democrat put out a report, which we believe was because FSU wanted it out there that he was no longer a candidate, was kind of the end point for whatever reason. It didn't want to end there. But that is where we believe, truthfully, FSU and Bob Stoops became a dead issue, despite the fact that the rumor mill kept churning for weeks after. 
Hey, real quick, some breaking news as we're recording the podcast. Uh, we were oh. talking about some of uh, some of Mike Norvell's uh, coaching coaching tree and us believing that he was going to uh, to shake that tree and see what came loose. Uh, it sounds like there will be a little bit of reuniting with uh, former former Memphis offensive coordinator, current Auburn offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham. Uh, Pete Thamel reports that Kenny Dillingham uh, is joining Florida State. Uh, as FSU's offensive coordinator. That was a guy that was on our list of the 10 names to watch. Uh, check out that story because he has, has ties to a couple of, uh, of pretty highly ranked recruits as well. He's a top 60 or top 50 recruiter in the nation as well. So uh, we'll get that story up as soon as we wrap up the podcast. But, but yeah, a little bit of news for you guys on the pod. All right. Well, that's exciting. And that likely means the end to the Ken O'Briles era for State. Um, for yep. those that were holding out hope, this is likely the um, the end of that. So, well, the church with Kendall and talking to people that know him in recent weeks is that he's at a pretty pivotal part of his coaching career, and that's figuring out what's next. Whether it's being mm-hmm. a head coach, he would like to pursue the FAU job potentially if that's a possibility, or if it's continuing to be coordinator and going to somewhere where it can be a launching pad and he's wanted. Um, Lane Kiffin at Old Miss was a possibility. Also, I've heard Jeff Lebby's name mentioned for possibly the OC job there. I'm sure Arkansas might kick the tires on Kendall Bryles because of his ties to Texas and the importance of Texas to Arkansas. And there's others that I think will come along. He's a guy that's not going to have an issue finding a job. He's an innovative young offensive mind who's good at coaching, good at recruiting, good at evaluating. He's a guy that will land on his feet. But it didn't make sense necessarily for him to be at FSU with Mike Norvell. Obviously, it's a possibility that could have happened. Maybe even still could happen, even though I seriously doubt that at this point. But it didn't. It wasn't far-fetched. He, yeah. He's a guy who the administration at FSU really likes him for a reason. The administration at FAU really liked him for a reason. He is a popular guy from both a coaching standpoint and being employed standpoint. So he's going to land just fine. I agree. I fully agree. Uh, this year, even though FSU had a down season, Willie Tiger got fired. Uh, Kendall Bryles, while he wasn't perfect, I think he made it out pretty well unscathed. Um, back to the behind-the-scenes stuff. So to Brennan's point, uh, what he said um, about what Thrasher said, FSU met with up to 30 coaches or at least talked to 30 coaches. There was a lot of stuff that I was told that I, that we just didn't report. Um Here's, here's two names that I got on very, very good authority that I believe FSU sat down with and um, fans would have just, you know, completely freaked out had, had we reported this. But Terry Bowden was one of the coaches that FSU sat down with. And I was told um, that this was strictly a favor to Bobby Bowden, but it was one of the things, one of the hoops that they had to jump through was to sit down with Terry Bowden at some point. Um Brett Bielma was another one that, that I'm told that they reached out to and spoke with. I don't consider it a formal interview, but it was one of the, one of the things that, uh, that I was told. So when we did our reporting, I think people believe that we have like one source that's tied in and that's where we get our info. But I, but that's not the case at all. Um, Brennan has sources. I have sources. Chris has sources. Zach is starting to get sources, which we need to monitor. He's going to start a competing site. Knowles 24-6 or something. Um, One less horse than us. He's like Chick-fil-A. He takes Sundays off. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, Brennan, talk about just the craziness of 
how we put together what we're going to report, how it normally goes down. That the group text thread that we had, if people can go back, like we could probably sell, we could do a Patreon for that or something. People would pay a lot of money to see all the rumors and all the craziness. A Discord chat. Yes. All the stuff that we had to go through. Uh, Typically on on this, we work our sources almost backwards uh, from rumors that we're hearing uh, and, you know, play to our strengths. Uh, Unfortunately for me, like a lot of my connections are people like within like the football program. And those are usually the last to know, right. Uh, With with this kind of coaching stuff. So, so Josh typically takes the lead uh, on basically the coaching hires because his, his intricate web of contacts within the coaching community outside of Florida state. And when the administration is being really closed off with, with who they're talking to. And, and that's a strength that Chris has, uh, but when they're being really closed off, um, that means we're having to work backwards. So you all hear a rumor or Chris will hear a rumor. Uh, and, and basically it's like, we will let Josh kind of go and, and chase it uh, and try to confirm it almost again, working backwards to talk to those coaches and, and the contacts uh, that, that we have. But man, this was craziness. When I think about like, it, there was one day, I think it was Wednesday maybe of this past week. So when we were starting to kind of zero in on Mike Norvell being the guy within like a 20, not even a 24 hour period, maybe within like a 12 hour period, we were chasing rumors of still Bob Stoops of Mike Norvell of James Franklin, maybe getting one last, um, one last run at James Franklin and Odell still being within the mix. And that was all within, you know, four or five hours, maybe of each other. Just to kind of show the kind of crazy. Now that doesn't mean we're chasing it on good authority. No, but we're not saying that we're chasing it on good. Right, but but it was. But that's to the point. We hear it. I tell you, they. I'm hearing this. Chris will say, "Hey, I'm hearing this," and we all go back and check with our different sources. Yeah, you you chase reference. You chase plenty simply to dismiss it. Yes, it's not always to prove it or to report it. There's plenty you just chase to say that's not true. That's not right. You're leading me down a wrong alley. The truth is, down the stretch in those final days, Monday into Tuesday of this last week, the rumor mill tried to get churning again right before it kind of became clear it was Norvell. And I think I was on the phone with Snow, and I finally just said to him, I don't believe any of it. I believe Mike Norvell is the next head coach. And that's when the next day we went full bore on full bore on doing pros, cons of Mike Norvell, diving into Mike Norvell, because we, we believed it was Mike Norvell. We were preparing – to do the content you might do right after a guy is hired. We went ahead and did it before he was hired. We even, me and Brendan were on a phone call and on Wednesday, I felt good enough to break the story. I think Brendan felt good enough to break the story that Mike Norvell was the head coach. And I told Brendan straight up, I was like, you know, there's five days until they're probably going to announce this thing. And I don't need this stress in my life right now. And I was like, let's just continue to say that this is the way it's trending and, you know, be confident about it when we speak on podcasts, when we write stories. Um, but there's just too much time in between for, for us to pull the trigger. Um, I also like the dynamics of just the way that our group chat or our group functions. It's like, I don't really follow anybody on Twitter. I don't read any other reports. I don't really listen to other podcasts. I just kind of do my thing. Um, and I, and I, I, appreciate the fact that Brendan always brings to my the rumors and what's going on even though at the same time I want to <laughs> like Brendan is not afraid to just bring the wildest rumors to our attention but 
it's I want, good. I want to um, I want to turn every stone. Every yes. stone needs to be unturned during this. Yeah, because ultimately it's good. And like Chris said, we spend most of our time behind the scenes dispelling things, not necessarily finding things out. Um, I think most people think that like we're gaining all this knowledge, but really we're just putting dumb rumors to rest most of the time. Because you never know. Because you never know. Um, let's Real wrap quick. it up. Real quick, not to yeah. keep bearing on and off course, but I can 100% confirm that Kenny Dillingham will be part of Mike Norvell's staff. Direct source knowledge. Mm. So Pete Thamel's report, I believe, was the first. That is 100% true. There's only All one right. direct source that you can have when you're, when you're confirming <laughs> no, there's that. there's at least two. two. Okay. <laughs> Shut up, Snow. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Um, what's your most memorable moment from the coaching search? Everybody that, wait. That first Monday. I've never seen anything. The the day of Bob Stoops is on campus. They're Blue Halo. Blue Halo. There's people at the moor. I've never had a day that was just that completely off the hinges craziness. Because we're all kind of looking around. Well, not at each other because we're not in the same room as each other. But we're texting each other. And we're not hearing this and thinking that we're completely – out of the yeah, loop. that definitely and, was. Uh, I it, think for all of us, that was a traumatic moment. <laughs> it was all. It yeah, was, I, I was, was most I, memorable. I was shook, and again, it was a matter of like, we're not hearing this. Like, are we that out of the loop on it? And it turns out that was a lot of bull. You yeah. know, uh, my my most memorable moment, Josh, was this past Thursday. I got word on that Wednesday that there was going to be a team meeting. Again, this shows like how our group dynamic works. I said, hey man, I just got a tip. Uh, team meeting. Uh, let's chase it. Josh, you confirmed it. I was able to get the, like, we got to confirm because it was happening, right? Multiple places. We just, someone had started on the message board. We were able to say, yeah, we're here and this is happening. Left it at that. Uh, not to throw it at other publications, but other people ran with that as if it was a smoking gun. Um, but because that's out there and because the Bob Stoop stuff was still out there, I'm at FSU at seven 30 the next morning, camping out in my car, waiting to see like, and it was freezing that day too, to see who's arriving. If there's anyone showing up, and it was just a stupid team meeting about academics and taking like a break. Like, not the meeting mm-hmm. itself was stupid, but in the context of, you know, of, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun day too. Of, of me yeah. wasting my, my, that was to me, that was the peak of like, what the hell are we doing here? We knew what the meeting was about, but still yeah. just, like, so un- just had to make sure. Right. And that's what, that's what this whole thing's been about. Just making sure. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys sitting down for a podcast. Um, let's end it here because I know we all got to go write some stuff right now on, on these latest developments. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back on the bench next week. Bye.